0: Hey guys, so today I'm going to read to you a short horror story that I wrote the other day. Uh, Some of you may consider this fear-mongering, but you know what? What what is horror literature if not fear-mongering? So without further ado, I'm going to dive right into it. This is Picture This If You Will, A Modern Horror Tale by Mark Masaryk. So imagine a scenario where a deadly virus like coronavirus breaks out. Except this time, it does not break out in a relatively isolated city like Wuhan, China. The earliest known source of this particular virus is generally accepted to be the New York City sewer system. Brought into the human population by rat droppings, this virus is akin to coronavirus in a number of ways, but it is even more novel, and its disease causes a far more horrifying, painful, and inevitable death. It's an advanced virus. Its incubation period is two and a half months. This is something new. A forward leap in viral evolution. It's September 26th. New Yorker Patient Zero contracts the virus while cleaning out the basement at his place of work in downtown Manhattan. It hadn't been done in a while, and he drew the short straw. He's infected and has no idea, of course. The virus is just getting started. During this incubation period, Patient Zero is highly contagious. He is projectile spewing invisible viral cocoons every time he sneezes, coughs, blows his nose, speaks, or even breathes. Patient Zero is a lifelong New Yorker that works downtown but lives in the Bronx. After staying a little late at work to get the basement cleaning over with, he goes home, showers, kisses his wife goodnight, and sleeps that night his immune system fights off most of the virus particles that initially infected him however it had some trouble with a small portion of them the freaks the mutants these particular particles have mutated to be stronger more fit and more resilient a pillar of this new resilience is the fact that the virus can now survive on surfaces outside of a host for a few days unknown to anyone He is not the first human patient zero of the virus. He is just patient zero of this particular outbreak. There have been others. Years ago, patient zero was an aging, lonesome janitor. No one is quite sure what ended up happening to him. A few years before that, it was two homeless people squatting in the basement who were patient zero and patient one, but they both quickly died of its disease and their bodies were undiscovered for an entire winter. The virus has been fishing for a while, and up to this point, it got some nibbles, but no bites. It's September 27th. Our patient zero wakes up. He feels fantastic this morning, supercharged even. The weather is still very pleasant in New York, so he bikes to work through the avenues in Central Park. He usually makes sure that he goes through the always beautiful Central Park, but tends to ride north and south via a different street every day. It is, after all, New York City. Some days he takes Park Avenue, others he takes 5th or Madison Avenue. Today he takes Lexington Avenue to work and then 1st Avenue back home because he feels like catching a glimpse of the UN headquarters by East River. He sees a big crowd there, but it starts to get chilly, so he does not bother to figure out why and continues biking home. It's October 2nd. Patient Zero has directly tagged numerous people now. His immediate family of six all have it, so do all of their friends and their families. Additionally, around a thousand people that Patient Zero has never even spoken to have it, and most of these people have started to propagate the virus to others. Community infection begins. Weeks go by and the virus keeps carving out new territory, silently but exponentially. The virus has its hooks in us. The virus has a bite. It's October 19th. Patient Zero's virus is the oldest human case on Earth, and the virus has progressed the furthest in its growth period. He starts to get a weird, tingly feeling in his throat. It's probably nothing. It's obviously nothing. It's October 25th. It's getting colder, so Patient Zero is commuting by subway these days, along with scores of fellow commuters. Metal walls and railings are being greased up. Plastic seats are being sat on. Glass windows are being smeared. Strap hangers are being held onto. Air is being shared. Orifices are being pollinated. Patient Zero definitely has a cough now. A dry cough. The kind that feels like your throat suddenly has a larger aperture after being hollowed out with sandpaper. However, he's being a good citizen and coughing into the sleeve of his jacket. This is a subway car during rush hour in New York City, though. He infects a third of the people on it with that one cough alone on his 55-minute ride. Other times, when he doesn't cough, he only infects three or four people simply from breathing and the occasional word uttered to strangers. This goes on and on. The virus is going viral. It's October 28th. New York City's population is rife with the virus riddled with it. New York, being the global hub that it is, has flight connections to everywhere in the world. The virus goes global in no time at all, totally unbeknownst to anyone. No one is looking for it, and even if they found it, at this point they wouldn't know that it was a deadly virus. It could be just like the countless other harmless viruses that exist everywhere and that life itself actually depends on. It's October 31st. Patient Zero stays home from work due to waking up with more phlegm than he has ever seen. The day ticks by and his condition starts to deteriorate quickly. That evening, he starts to feel excruciating pain and heads to the hospital in rapidly growing agony. He gets admitted immediately to an ICU bed simply from the nurses and doctors taking one look at him. Essentially a walking corpse, he is put on ventilation but the doctors and nurses cannot communicate with him in any meaningful way. They immediately know something is not right. They're smart, medically trained people and they remember COVID-19. They feel and fear and know how bad this could potentially be. The whole situation feels rotten and the air starts to feel heavy. They alert their superiors and the authorities are notified. Meanwhile, millions of oblivious children are out trick-or-treating, sharing and exchanging spit droplet particles. Every major city on Earth is already saturated with infections, and the virus has started to sow itself into many rural communities, and capture many slum communities, and sprinkle itself into many privileged communities around the globe. That same evening, Patient Zero assumes an essentially vegetative state. It's November 5th. A handful of people have died, and this is the first time that you, personally, hear about the virus. However, the virus has now gained a foothold in every non-isolated community on Earth, and while not everyone has it today, everyone will undoubtedly get it soon. The medical community is up in arms about the virus, but the delay in the world taking it seriously prevents us from acting as quickly as we perhaps could. But what could we do, even if we did act quickly? By now the virus has spread to billions of people with legions of new sets of delicious molecular replication machineries to infect and exploit. It is copying itself over and over and over, sloppily. It's November 8th. By now the virus has mutated in a few significant ways. One of these ways is its incubation period now varies in length between three months and two days. People start dying all over the place, choking, wheezing, suffocating. Even those put on ventilators die. What is the virus's mortality rate? No one knows. Its unpredictable incubation period means that it is difficult to estimate the true number of deaths caused by infections that occurred at similar times. The virus has legs. It's November 19th. Testing has been done at an unprecedented rate for a few days, but is quickly abandoned as it becomes apparent that the virus is already everywhere. Hundreds of thousands of people start horribly dying all over the world, spread out more or less evenly. A few heads of state and some pop stars die. International travel and the world's economy both grind to a screeching halt this time. Unknown to anyone? The virus is now present in a number of animal populations all over the world, including squirrels, pigs, crows, chickens, cows, raccoons, horses, cats, and dogs. It's November 28th. It becomes clear to everyone that essentially every human being on the planet is a carrier, except for perhaps some very isolated tribal communities, sailor crews on nuclear submarines, And the crew of the international space station it also becomes apparent that it is now just a matter of waiting to see if you get sick or if you don't and if you do start to get sick death is certain no one recovers once they start to feel it the population at large starts to realize that once they feel something is off death is inevitable no vaccine is developed There's no time and even if there was, the world is scrambling and researchers now know that the virus is mutating at an alarming rate. No drugs seem to have any noticeable effect against the virus. Zero effect from thousands of drugs desperately being tried by many volunteers worldwide. The whole civilized world is infected and the curve is as far away from flat as a curve can be. Patient Zero is long since dead at this point. His wife and oldest child are both sick. She misses her period. The fetus of their unborn child that no one is even aware of yet is also infected. It's December 12th. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Supplies run out. Sewer systems are backed up. Food is unavailable. So is gas. There is a rancid reek seemingly everywhere. It's getting cold in many parts of the world. You realize that you haven't seen a police officer in uniform anywhere in a while. They've infected my boy, my last boy! You hear a mother shriek while wailing on the street. You interpret this as hysteria. This poor woman thinks that the virus was engineered by some malicious actors. You cannot stay to help her even if you knew how to. You have people too. Unknown to you, this woman has started to refer to individual virus particles as they instead of the it used to refer to the pandemic as a whole. The virus's presence in her freshly shrunken world feels like it has intentions, an agenda. It just feels evil, sinister and insidious, demonic, apocalyptic, biblical. It's December 20th. The last thing you hear a television or radio say is we think the mortality rate is somewhere around 5%. 5% of humanity. And that's only deaths directly caused by complications of the virus's infection. Patient Zero's entire family is dead. It's December 25th. The power goes out. The power does not come back on. Buildings are burning. During the hours of the day when you can actually see outside, society looks unrecognizable. You try calling 911, but there's no phone or internet service. Unknown to you, this is the case worldwide. You also notice that your water has stopped running. Then you get a weird tingly feeling in your throat. It's probably nothing. It's obviously nothing. How does humanity react? How would you personally proceed? How do you think others would react and behave? Would we ever recover? How? now imagine this story but with the true mortality rate of the virus cranked up to 30 percent or 100 percent or a small fraction of one percent but infection leaves everyone with permanent lung damage imagine we all already have it but no one knows because its incubation period is years like hiv now imagine that instead of causing lung damage the virus paralyzes people from the waist down like polio or it makes them go violently insane like rabies. Imagine it makes people go blind, or makes them infertile, or makes them lose parts of their memory, or makes them lose pieces of who they are. Now imagine that it entirely wipes out an animal population or several animal populations. Imagine the virus wipes out an important agricultural plant population. Imagine the virus mutates and finds a way to sustainably exist in the air for long periods of time. Think about how we would have to adapt our way of life. While you imagine that, I want you to imagine this. What if a certain slice of the human population is or becomes completely immune to the virus? Perhaps children, or pregnant women, or people who have had their tonsils removed, or Scandinavians, or Russians, or maybe immunity follows no noticeable demographic. Now imagine that infection confers no immunity at all. Now imagine any and all combinations of all of these things happening simultaneously. Now imagine them happening simultaneously and at the same time as some other global crisis or multiple other global crises. Yikes. Oh yeah, and if you have teen kids right now, know that they're all having massive unprotected orgy parties high on drugs you've never heard of listening to music that you don't understand